0: Hello Sunnybrook family, uh, my name is Scott Irwin and I have with me Sharon Doherty and Elizabeth Young, um, both of which are licensed professional counselors and we just thought it would be a good idea to kind of talk through how um, this may be impacting all of us and, and maybe impacting you and um, you know, we know that, that this has been an abrupt change for a lot of us and, and for a lot of you. And uh, we just think it might be a good idea to, to kind of talk through some of those things and and talk through some ways in which um, some of you might be struggling and, and ways in which you can begin to embrace this time, think different about this time, or or take advantage of this time, however God is leading you. So um, I'm going to pray, and then, uh, and then we'll jump in to some of these questions we have just to kind of work through. So let me pray, and we'll begin. God, I thank you for these these women. I um, thank you for the training that they've had, and I thank you for the the, the heart they have to to serve and to love um, our people well. And God, I ask that you would use this time and you would remind us of your faithfulness. Help us be in tune to you and also in tune to to ourselves and how we are doing and those around us. And um and God, I pray that. At this time, we can look back on and see your hand at work in our life and in the lives of those around us. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I'll start with. I think it'd be good just to even talk through how this has impacted each of you personally, and I'll share too. But I'd love to know, like, how has this change this you know that happened a couple weeks ago? has this impacted you, positive or negative? Who wants to go first? I will. Okay.
1: <laughs> I would say, I've, th- as I thought about that, I've been home for al- almost two weeks now for most of the time, and I live alone. So, isolation. Um, mm-hmm. And I've realized that you asked, how has it Im- impacted me negatively and positively? Yeah. And both of those are on the same scale. Um the isolation can lead me to wondering whether or not other people are remembering that I exist and I can I can kind of t- take that on a rabbit trail. Right. Um, that particularly happened over the weekend because I worked during the week and still from home. So that's been a good thing. Keeps me busy and connected with people. But then on the other hand, on the positive end of that living at home alone gives me a lot of nice quiet time. And, and I've always thought of my home as being a place where it's, it's just God in me. (laughs) So that's been good time.
0: Yeah. Okay. Elizabeth, how about you?
2: Well, I thought through your question as well, Scott, and realized like Sharon that some of the very things that I find challenging and difficult also have offered some, some positive opportunities. Um, But probably, gosh, um, it's impacted me in a lot of ways. Uh, My work, my way of doing work is completely different. Um, I feel isolated even though I do live with family because I'm an incredibly social person and I love to be around people and I love to go and there's not much going happening on these days. Um, I'm also really challenged by Finding a way to not live in a blur between work and home, that's really, it's been a challenge because there was always a clear sense of coming home was going away from work right. and leaving wow. home was going to work and now they're both one and the same and it's really changing the way that I my energy gets used. Um, a really big impact for me, and I know some people can find themselves in this place as well for a variety of reasons. I have a post-college student daughter who had some health problems, and um, we were trying to help her with those. And eventually, what that meant was she had some surgeries and she needed a, a place to recover and be cared for while she was recovering. So we moved her from San Francisco to Stillwater about a week before this happened. Wow. And so, what was supposed to be a short-term stay with us just to recover and get back on our feet and get back home has now turned into this kind of long-term indefinite doing life together Um, and that's not something any of us were prepared for so we're all kind of wrestling with um with a new way of being a family Um, so yeah there's there's an impact
0: yeah i would would, uh, about the idea that uh, I, I'm hearing an echo somewhere. I don't know where, but about the idea that home is a different place, you know, for me, because I've been doing a lot from home. I'm I'm in the office right now um, because here, right after this, I'm actually had the opportunity to to baptize somebody, which is awesome. And so I, I decided to come in and film this here, but I, most of the time, you know, our staff has our Zoom meetings in the mornings at nine and I and I do those at home and and so I'm, I'm on the computer a lot more. Um, everything is coming through my phone, whether it's through um, GroupMe or through text messages or whatever, or sometimes Zoom. And so I would say my screen time, both computer and phone, has like exponentially increased. And most of that time is at home. And so usually when I'm home, I, I try to disconnect from screen mm-hmm. time because, because I'm home with my family. but Now I'm having to learn how to manage both, you know, and and so feeling the tension and pull as I reach out to somebody during the day and they don't get back to me till that night kind of a thing. And then I have to kind of balance like, okay, um, I'm checking in on somebody, but I'm also home and how do I, you know, how do I do all this? And so, yeah. Um, the, The other thing I would say for me personally is just even with the ministry, realizing the momentum we had with our students and and feeling feeling the weight of like disconnected and feeling like we're losing momentum with some of our students that we've been building all year to connect them to 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 ministry to disciple them those kinds of things and so really having to lean in and say okay god i'm trusting you know that you that this is your plan and i i think there's got to be people out there in similar situations whether they're Living alone and and realize like it's important that i I stay isolated for this time, but yet that isolation comes with you know other issues, and then dealing with different family dynamics, people are not used to being home as much, and now they're i would I would assume that it it exposes things in our home and in our relationships that are that we try sometimes to avoid honestly. <laughs> and you can't avoid them when they're right in front of you and so I'm I'm you know wondering how do you, how how do you guys see this impacting um, our people
1: I think a lot of it is people under trying to under to deal with the unknown and the uncontrollable
0: mm-hmm. those are two things we are not comfortable with <laughs> yeah. The unknown and the uncontrollable. Huh?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And, I, and I would kind of, going on both what both of you said, I think what this, this scenario is doing for a lot of us is it is clarifying some things that we can ignore or that we can keep kind of blurry enough not to really pay too much attention to, like places where we haven't been paying attention and we needed to. Mm-hmm. That gets really clear when suddenly that's what we experience every day, day in and day out, like you said, Scott. And I think Uh likewise, um, we can ignore the fact that we're never in control. We can can live in an illusion that I can make plans for three weeks or three months or three years from now, and that I can set about to bring those plans to bear fruit. And that's all my choice. And I have everything I need to do. it. of course, I'll invite God to participate, you know, help me out where I need him. Right. But right. we have an amazing illusion about control that we live in most of the time. And we find great comfort in believing that we have control. And I think it's a new place to find ourselves in finding comfort that we don't have control. We never did, but God does. That's a new place.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that that word control has been a has been a, I think a big word for us during this time. I have been thinking about it in terms of um, God being sovereign, and man, if He if if we haven't learned that He can get our attention, the whole world's attention like that in these last couple of weeks, I don't know I don't know what will. Um, but wow, Him being sovereign over these things, but then also, you know, the idea of control. I think is ultimately God is sovereign, but I think, you know, I, th- I think about the parable of G- of the, the talents, the master gives the talents mm-hmm. and he gives, he gives the, the talents to these, to these guys to do something with. And I think sometimes when we want to give God control, I think it's, it, it, it's in things that God is saying, no, but I've given you mm-hmm. responsibility there, you know, and I think the um, sometimes we want God to just take it away. God, you're in control. Just take it away. Yeah. God's saying, "Yeah, I'm I'm sovereign, and I'm and I'm accomplishing my will. But I've given you some things to be responsible for: relationships, and mm-hmm. roles, and things like that. That you know, we we maybe try to, that's too hard. I'd, I'd rather you just do it. And God's mm-hmm. saying, "Yeah, but I've given it to you to be a good steward of." And and so. So I think that can be impactful. Um, so I, I, you know, any other thoughts on this? Elizabeth, you said something when we, when we were talking earlier a few, few days ago about how important it is for people to see, um, the, like what they're struggling with through this is, is normal. Um, talk yeah. about that. Why is this, mm-hmm. why is it important for them to see that this, that these are normal things that they're feeling?
2: So sometimes I think particularly as Christians, um, We can, again, live in an illusion that things that other people struggle with shouldn't trouble us. Somebody else might be fearful or anxious, but I'm not supposed to be fearful or anxious. I'm not supposed to feel those things because I'm a Christian. And if I feel them, something's wrong with my faith, something's wrong with me. Maybe for some people, something's wrong with God if I feel those feelings. And um, I think it's super important that we recognize that part of being human, first and foremost, is that we are emotional beings because we are made in the image of a God of great emotion. I think that is a profound place where I have, I have spent a lot of time in, in the past year, especially um, acknowledging and encountering God as a God of emotion who feels he feels compassion, he feels grief, he feels, um, he feels joy, he feels love, he feels so many things, and they're not all positive, he feels anger, he feels jealousy, so when I start questioning that I'm feeling something, I often wonder, am I just questioning my godlikeness, am I just questioning that it's not okay to be emotional, and I'm rejecting a part of me that's made in his image. That's, that's like one thing that comes to me because of course we feel, how could we not? He made us to, he, he physiologically, internally made us to feel. I think the second thing that I think of is that he also made us to, um, to desire and hold fiercely to life, to pursue life in every way, in every scenario, we are pursuing life constantly. <sighs> And that's a God-given drive that's in us. He is life. He is the source of all life. So, of course, we're made to pursue it. In moments when life feels threatened or endangered, we are meant to not feel good about that. We are meant to register threat, to register danger and go, "Uh uh-oh, uh-oh, what do I do? Right? That's called fear. That's called feeling anxious. That's called feeling something inside of me that says, I might need to do something differently in this scenario. Something's not right. That's all that is. It's a cue that something in my world isn't right. Something's, something's, that's. that's God given. So to feel anxious when I day after day hear about death tolls and the count raising and the threat. Right? When I hear those words, and my brain says, "Oh, yeah, that, oh, that's that, that is so God-given, that is so normal," and so it's okay. When I when I hear that my boss is talking about laying people off, yeah, that feels like a threat. It feels like a threat to my family. It feels like a threat to our well-being, and I'm made to respond to that threat. That's okay. That's not bad.
0: That's a that's not a normal way people respond to those things. <laughs> you know, no, that's a healthy no. way to respond to those things. But I think mm-hmm. that's a lot of us um tend tend to run from those things mm-hmm. or, or want to avoid those things mm-hmm. altogether, like, oh, I don't like that feeling. I don't want that response. I don't like being threatened and so I'm gonna do everything in my power to not feel that, you know. Yes. And yes. Um, what you're describing is more of a a gracious way of understanding yourself mm-hmm. and saying, okay, I'm feeling these things, so let's, let's talk through this, let's think through this, let's, let's think about what I'm thinking about kind of a deal. Is that-
2: right. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think if, if, all, if all of us just pause for a minute and, and imagine a scenario where we're doing something and somebody says, don't notice that thing over there in the corner. Don't notice that object. Don't look at it. What do we most find ourselves compelled to do when we're told right. not to look at the object in the corner? We keep kind of glancing over there. Like, well, well, is it important? Do I need to know? What is that? Right? That's what we do to ourselves with our emotions a lot. We tell ourselves, don't, don't feel fear. Don't feel fear. That's not good. Don't, that's not healthy. Don't feel. That. Mm-hmm. Guess what happens? It actually gets worse. <laughs> and so So there's a place where we just kind of acknowledge, yeah, this is what I feel right now. It's not good or bad. It's just what's happening inside of me. And God wants to speak to me in this place. How can I hear him right here while I'm feeling what I'm feeling? How can I hear God speak to me? That's a much better place to to be in a time when all of us are feeling some degree of fear and
0: anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Good. All right. So. So what would you guys say to someone who walked into your office um, for you to, to, to meet with you if they were struggling with stuff going on? How would you, how would you begin? What, where would you start?
1: One of the things I like to do is similar to going into a physician's office. When you go to see your doctor, they take your heart rate, your blood pressure and your temperature, So they're assessing what's going on in different parts of you. And I I think about assessing what's going on in the different parts of an individual. And I think those parts of us have to do with our physical energies, our emotional energies, mental, spiritual, and relational. So I want to take a look at What's going on in each one of those and how do they relate to each other? We spend energy and we take in energy. So, you know, it's, it's not one or the other. We don't live in a life that's just where we're just full in all of those areas all, all the time. But there's a, an ebb and flow and they work together. And so, making sure seeing is one of those primarily responsible for what's going on right now. Um, probably right now, most people are very aware of what's going on with them emotionally. If a person goes, um, has a surgery, all of a sudden they have no energy in any of those five areas to do anything because their body is using all of their energy to heal. Um, and so. If we take a look at where's the energy being spent? Is it being lost, drained through a hole? Um, then take a look at where am I taking in energy and, and being in a purposeful about taking it in.
0: Okay. Okay. So you said uh, physical, uh, emotional, mental, um, spiritual. And then relational. Relational. Mm-hmm. So taking an inventory in each of those areas and seeing where the energy you've been spending and how it drains, how it take, can take from the others.
1: Yes. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. And I think the one that we're, that it, we're, we live in our bodies and our bodies, there's a book out around right now called The Body Keeps the Score. And so I like to think of, you know, when we're doing this assessment, paying attention to what's going on in our bodies can be one of the first um, pieces of information that we have. There may be something's going on in one of these areas. And it, it can be coming from one of the areas, but we're feeling it in our body. So, you know, during times like this, people have panic attacks. Because, But the panic attack, doesn't originate in the body it originates in our emotions in our spiritual life or our mental life hmm. wow. but the body's what causes causes our attention to it
0: hmm. okay so so they could be so they could be wrestling with what they're seeing um and I, actually, I, I have a student who's who struggled with this, who kind of just locked themselves in in his room and um, was was consumed by, you know, different things that were on the news and social media, and and it kind of led to his his body having some physical responses to that. So so they're they're this makes sense. So they're you know mentally or emotionally. Um, Struggling, and then, and if if it's not kind of, is it well? I don't know, is it if they don't deal with those things emotionally, mentally, then it begins to just move into affect other areas? Is that yes? Okay, yeah, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's interesting. Um,
2: it kind of ties to that idea. I think most of us are familiar with being really patient at work all day with all kinds of stress
0: uh, and all
2: kinds of demands, and people asking and expecting things of us. And then we go home and our, our spouse or our kid says one thing and we blow, we blow. Mm -hmm. And it's not the relationship. That's the problem. It's all this stress that we carried all day and we didn't know what to do with it. And we didn't know how to manage it. And so it showed up in a relationship, right? Just like Sharon's Mm -hmm. talking about it showed up. That's that's what happens to us. If we're not paying attention to the Mm -hmm. cues that we're getting hey, something's not good right here. I need to spend time with this. I need to understand it. I need to bring this to God and ask him to invite me to, him to be with me here. If I don't work through this, it's going to show up someplace else. It has to.
0: That explains a lot. Because, you know, I, I, I've i lost my, you know, I can put on my best face for everyone else. And then my family kind of gets the leftovers. And I've always just thought, why, why, why do I... The people I love the most, why do I treat them the worst, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. And I,
0: I think that probably m- explains a lot in terms of maybe what's happening, in, uh, especially at the end of the day with my, my patients being short. So, so of those areas, um, which would you say are ones that people are, are struggling with the most? What, what do people need to hear encouragement from or in the most right now?
2: I think where, where my mind goes, as both as I work with people right now in this situation, and as I think of how, again, how we're made, the design um, that we were made in and how we were made to function, one of the things that God designed in us is that the thoughts that we have often direct our emotions.
1: Um,
2: the, the thoughts that go through my mind in a day, in a scenario, as I take in a certain situation the thought that just kind of flits right through my mind in that moment oftentimes moves me into an emotional state. And if I don't pay attention to the thought, I can, as- I can either not hear it, not even notice that I thought it, or I can just accept it as true because I thought it like literally just accept it as true. So a great example. And I've seen this one play out of it is right now. Some people are, rightfully concerned about their job security and their financial futures. And so um, somebody's in a situation where their line of employment, maybe they're getting, they're getting news on the news about how this line of employment is getting shut down or there's not gonna be any need for this in the future. We're never gonna need this, like whatever. They're, they're taking in something that's saying threat, right? It's, again, it's that mm-hmm. threat message, it's And the thought can go through a person's head, I'm gonna lose my job, I'm gonna lose my job. And the feeling that comes with that, anxiety, despair, hopelessness, I mean, you name it. They're not really great feelings, let's just be honest with that, right? They're, They're hard feelings. But here's the interesting part. How do I know that I'm going to lose my job? I have that thought. It might run through my head three or four times a day right now. I'm going to have a hard time finding work. I'm going to lose my job and I won't be able to find another one. Whatever the thought is, right? The thing is, do I stop to ask myself, is that true? And how do I know? And if I take that thought and I bring it back for a moment and I just pause and say, Hmm, okay, is that true? And how do I know? Well, actually, my employer has been sending out messages and we've been having meetings online and he's been telling us that he's working really hard to find ways to keep everybody employed and to take care of us during this time. Hmm, okay. And boy, I've already gone through two or three job changes in my life and I've bounced back every time. Hmm, okay, those things are true. Those things I can document historically, I have proof. That that's true, right? Most importantly, I can look at who God is. God, my provider, God, the faithful one, God, the God who sees me. I can look at who God is. That's true. And I can look at the situation I'm in and say, yeah, you know, it's possible I could lose my job. And at the same time, my employer is doing everything he can to postpone, delay, or, or offset that. I have other options and God is my provider, and then how I feel, Yeah, there's still some anxiety, but it's not nearly as awful as it was when I simply accepted the thought, I'm gonna lose my job, does that make sense? So like there's this place where we catch our thoughts and we check them, and we say, is that true, and how do I know, and if it's not true, let me figure out what is true, what can I prove, what can I measure, What does God tell me is true? Set my mind on what is true. Does this sound familiar to anybody? Set my mind on what is good, what is worthwhile, what is true. And then my emotions, again, will be directed by those thoughts. And I will find myself, yes, in a world where there's a pandemic, but I am not going under because of it.
0: Yeah, Jim said recently we met with our students this way. We kind of did a Q and A with him and Drew, and uh, he said it this way because I just I just kind of do the math. I, I look around, I see I see what's happening, I listen to medical professor prof- professionals and hear them talk about it, and you know the reality of the situation, and and then the reality of where I live, and and mm-hmm. he said you know just doing the math. It's it I'm not worried about you know, it's easy for me to just see all those things and go, yeah, that's going to happen to me. And then I look, and then I do the math and go "No, actually chances are really low that it's going to happen to me in this way. So, so it's kind of a similar thing. It's, it's evaluating, you know, and that's, you said something like that I think is something that needs to be said again, you know, like just because you had the thought doesn't mean it's true. Or even just because you felt something is going to happen doesn't mean it's true. So it's, it's saying it's it's you're describing learning how to evaluate and and kind of um, filter through or discern actually that's a biblical term
1: sure. yeah. it would
0: be discernment discern what is true and that's you know you're quoting Philippians four eight you know think about what's true and what's noble and what's right and what's pure and what's excellent and praiseworthy you know mm-hmm. and I, I heard a guy Gary um, oh. She's a counselor, wrote a lot of marriage books back in the 90s. Smalley, Gary Smalley, yes, Gary Smalley. I heard him once um, say this and I've never forgot it. But he kind of uses that Philippians 4 8 as like a pattern of working through something. Okay, what is true about this situation? What is actually true about me? What's true about the situation? What's true about them?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, what is true? Like you said, what is documented fact that I can look back on and say, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then. What's, what's, what's a noble way of thinking about this? What's a pure way of thinking about this? What's an honorable way of thinking about this? And that was always, that's been, that stuck with me, you know, for the last 20 years. Um, um, so that's good. Any, any other, so the, the mental life, any other of those areas?
1: Something I would say about that as well is, you know, we think it is this pandemic or the loss of our job that causes the way we feel. It's not that thing that causes the way we feel. It is what Elizabeth has been saying what we think about that thing that causes the way we feel. Now, there are some things in life that cause sad feelings, and they are true because we lose somebody that we love, and so we feel sad because we think. I'm going to be, I'm going to miss that person. That's a truth. I am going to. Now, if I believe that I can never have another happy moment in my life again, because I've lost that person, then I believe a lie about that situation. Yeah. And I'll never feel good. And I'll, I'll continue to feel that hopelessness. So, I th- so what Elizabeth is saying is very true. It's important that we take a look at. What do I believe about this situation and is what I believe a truth? Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. What about one of, one of the other areas? You listed 5
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think spiritually, I think the spiritual component of all of this is really important. We tend to live our lives as if we are primarily Human beings who are also having a spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, we are primarily spiritual beings who are right now having a human experience. So we need to make sure that we keep that energy flow in our spirit alive and healthy at a time like this. Mm-hmm and I think it's really important and it can be one of the first things to go I think when you are living in a household with other people and there are always other things going on and the television is on and your phone's ringing or somebody's sending you a text to have some time when you really stop and be with God God tells us to be still and he says that to be quiet, to rest many times throughout scripture. And we see the example of Jesus doing that. And yet I think it's important to take all of these things to him. Psalm 94, 19 says, In the multitude of my anxieties within me, your comforts delight my soul. So, even when I'm experiencing a multitude of anxieties, and, and think about that, we're, we're really concerned right now about something that's very contagious. Even within my soul, these things are contagious. So mm-hmm. if I begin to think an anxi- a thought of anxiety, it multiplies in my mm-hmm. soul. Then if I share those anxieties with other people, it multiplies. Mm -hmm. So I think the first thing is to be intentional about spending some quiet time with God. Breathe him in, breathe out anxiety. Mm -hmm. God says he inhabits our bodies. And Mm -hmm. so we were talking about the body earlier how can we breathe God into the body and realize that he wants to inhabit every part of it. Yes. Yes. And when I'm feeling anxiousness in my body, if my neck is hurting because I'm tense, if my heart is racing, I can think about be quiet and breathe in God and breathe out
0: worry. When you say when you say breathe in God, um, are you saying um, like taking in His Word, letting it um, like digesting it, kind of a deal? You know, so breathe in God. Explain expound on that a little bit more, because if someone's if someone's sitting at home going, okay, I have more time on my hands now, mm-hmm. I can you know the excuse of not having enough time to be in the Word. It's kind of been removed from me maybe maybe some are busier obviously those in the health health profession might might have a busier schedule i think a lot of us have found ourselves having a lot more time on our hands or at least being a lot more we can now dictate how we use our time a lot more so if they say okay i want to do that what what do i what do you mean by breathe in god
1: i heard something yesterday that i think is a good example of this a lot of times We don't realize we are thirsty until we've taken that first sip of water. Then when we take it, we realize, oh my goodness, I was so thirsty, and we want to drink the whole glass. Well, when we're at home by ourselves, or we have extra time on our hands, or we think about going to read the Word of God, or praying, it really doesn't appeal to us all that much sometimes. And so we don't do it. We don't make it a high priority. But if we will take, if we will intentionally take that first step to be engaged with it, then we realize, oh my goodness, I was really thirsty for this. Mm. And so I would, intent, I would encourage people to be really intentional about pursuing that. And yes, you're right. Reading the word of God. Listening to Christian music. I think prayer sometimes is something that we direct too much, mm-hmm. and we can even direct our thoughts too much by reading scripture. Sometimes, now, I don't want to be mis, mistaken here. I think it's really important, but I do encourage everybody when I say breathe in God, I'm just talking about being. With him. When two people are really comfortable with each other, they don't have to always be talking. Hmm. And sometimes it's that quiet time of just feeling one another that can be
0: really beneficial. It reminds me of a verse. Hmm. Um, it, it reminds me of the relationship between a mother. And a child who's nursing. And um, and then the child is weaned from the mother. And um there's this great verse, it's Psalm Psalm 131, verse 2. Actually, I'll read the whole psalm because it's only three verses. Lord, my heart is not proud, my eyes are not haughty, I do not get involved with things too great or too too wondrous for me. Instead, I have calmed and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child with its mother, my soul is like a weaned child. And it says, "Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forever." And I, I've I've thought about that verse because I remember watching my kids um, go through that process of being weaned from from my wife, and then and then her delight in knowing that my my child can now just sit in my lap and isn't just constantly squirming, wanting to eat. <laughs> Um, cause, cause, you know, I would feed the child and the child would be a lot more relaxed when she would pick up the child, the child would be a lot more, you know, just needy mm-hmm. and which is awesome. But mm-hmm. she, I remember her, her, and I remember other mothers saying, it's so nice that they can just sit in my arms now and relax and not mm-hmm. be so needy. You know, mm-hmm. and I've thought about that with my relationship with God, like there are times when I'm, every time I'm spending time with God, it's just me pouring out my needs. I need this. I need this. I need that. I need this. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. I want you to do this. And, um, in the last, I think 10 years, this is, this has been a theme for me is learning how to just be in his presence. And it's maybe it was what you're describing breathing in God, but I, I see it as just kind of sitting on his lap and not just being content to be in his presence and not having to need him to do something for me. Cause I'm, believing that he's doing a lot more than I even know. So is that kind of what you're getting at?
1: That is. Another thing I might think about that is if you imagine your body being tense and tight, there is no room for for life to flow freely in it. So when we feel tension, a lot of times the it feels pain, and the reason it we feel pain is because those muscles, et etc., have gotten so tense and tight that even the blood doesn't flow freely there. And so oxygen can't get to it. Well, without oxygen, we feel pain. And so I think it's important for us to relax, and I talked earlier about the body being keeping the score, it it tells us what the score of what's going on with me is, even spiritually. And so I think we need to learn how to relax in every part of our being, down to the tip of your finger, the tip of your toe, to breathe in God to your whole being. And that's a good visual of, then do I let him do that with my spirit? Do I let him do that with my body, with my emotions? Do I let him reach the farthest part of my mental capacities?
0: Okay. Anything to add, Elizabeth, before we wrap wrap up with some practical things?
2: This This is all really good stuff. It's really good stuff.
0: Okay, so what would you guys give? Some practical, maybe practical things people can do to be um, to be healthy during this time.
2: Sharon used a word a while back at the beginning about being intentional. And I think that um, for many of us, not all, but for many of us, we do find ourselves, time is flowing very differently right now than it normally does. Normally our time, our day, our seasons, our hours are very dictated by a schedule that now the boundaries are so relaxed or they've disappeared. And so it's easy to, to kind of meander through the day, letting the day happen to me and whatever's going on today, it impacts me, and I just kind of am at its mercy. I think intentionality is one of the ways that we, as you described, the the servants with the talents, I take what I've been given, I've been given this day, I've been given this life, in this moment, in this pandemic, this is is what God has given me. I wanna be intentional about how I use it. I'm gonna keep structure. I'm going to choose when and how I take in the news. That would be a big one for me. So if I get really practical, how much news do I need in any given day about this pandemic in order to do what God is calling me to do with what he's given me today? Um, And if I'm taking in more than I need, then I'm probably not doing well. And and each of us will find that in different places. For me, it's about 10 minutes in the morning and about 10 minutes at the
1: end of the day. That's all the news I need.
0: Hmm. Okay, Sharon.
1: I would say we need to eat well, sleep well, and get outside. (laughs) We all need some sunshine whenever we can get it. So we need to make sure we get 20, 30 minutes of sunshine every day.
0: That's actually um, something that I've that I, I think is is important too. That as a practical step, you know, getting out. You talk about hearing God or breathing in God. <clears throat> yes. Being outside and and letting His nature speak. Yes. You know, and listening to sounds and um, smelling things and noticing details is can be really helpful to go. Wow, God, you are in the details like this. Mm-hmm. That tree bark is when I get up close, it's, it's amazing. Like the, the okay. texture and the colors and the, and, and so if you're that detailed on this tree bark, what does that, what does that mean for even my life? You know, Jesus said in Matthew six, Matthew six would be a great section for people to stay out in because it talks about uh, Jesus explicitly saying, do not worry about your life, you know? Mm-hmm. And he said, look at the birds, look at the lilies in the field. And look Mm -hmm. at how well God takes care of them. How much more is God going to take care of you, you his image bearer, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think creation as being outside is a a big one right now, especially with the weather getting nicer. It's been awesome. Yesterday was beautiful. So Mm -hmm. today will be too.
1: Yeah, one more thing I'd like to say about that is we've talked a lot about, well, about these things that we can do to be healthy but I think it's important that we not consume them just upon ourselves. Mm-hmm. We take this healthy being and give it to others. So if we're concerned all day long about what am I getting, we'll be very self-focused. And this is a time to be other focused. And in return, we feel a whole lot better. It's mm-hmm. really true. Yeah. So, you know, when you're with that other person you're with, and you have time to look to be with them, look them in the eye and let that look linger, and speak positive mm-hmm. words to them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Have fun with them, laugh with them.
0: Okay, I'll, I'll add a quick one, um, and this is just because something I've been noticing: like it's easy to it's easy to consume entertainment for me during Mm. this time yes and so I've been trying to be intentional um to not to limit any entertainment that isolates me Mm -hmm. you know but sometimes entertainment can be fun with others and so I can whether Mm -hmm. it's you know I I I know of a of a a life group that played a game through zoom like they're all they're all they're all there and they're all playing a game but they're all doing it through their computers right so it's they're, they're entertaining themselves with others or, or watching a movie with your family or those kinds of things have been, but the consuming entertainment has been something I've been trying to keep an eye on, um, during this time. Mm -hmm. So
2: there's a, there's another piece, um, again, for each of us, this looks different, but um, for a lot of us, we do have kind of this, a little bit more of a sense of there's kind of some downtime or some dead time in my world that I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with. Do I fill it with this? Do I fill it with that? One of the things that I've been doing, um, and I believe is important for us because we were made in God's image, creation and recreation, those words, those, those are really important words. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, they are God-likeness. And so, um, I know for me, um, Finding an activity that that engages my hands and my eyes and my mind and that allows me to feel some degree of productivity, um, an accomplishment. That's another thing. God made us to feel good when something turns out well, (laughs) Mm -hmm. just like he feels good when something turns out well, right? Yeah. And so I think, yeah, choosing to pick up an old hobby that I haven't had for a long time and maybe teach it to my kids. Or, um or try something new that I haven't had the I haven't felt like I've had the bandwidth to, to really try that I've always wanted to right now I mean my goodness great time to be doing things like that and so much healthier than screen time and then isolation yeah
0: hey well Sharon your clock's going off I think <laughs> it is I think it's telling <laughs> us we need to be done um, yes I think so would one of you want to close us in prayer? Sure. Okay. Sharon, go for it. Ah,
1: Heavenly Father, it is so good to know that we do not face even the largest of the world's struggles alone, but that you are always with us, that you are never changing. This may have brought us, caught us by surprise but it didn't catch you by surprise. And you know the end from the beginning of it. Mm -hmm. And so we just cast ourselves on you and lay in your everlasting arms. We invite you in. Even during these times, as that verse in Psalm says, to delight our souls. That even in the midst of these kind of times, we can feel the delight that comes from being intimate with you. Yes. Lord, we do pray about those things that are going on in our world. Mm-hmm. We, we ask you be with those who are struggling and we know that you know we've talked about things that we're just struggling with individually in our homes but there are those who are who are physically out there fighting this battle who are making plans to to control as much as we can or to respond with help to the crisis and so we whether it's local in our Um, in our daily bread or our hospital or it's the people who work at the capital of our state or our nation or the leaders around the world working together. We, We know, Lord, that you guide and direct even those things. So we commit them to you. Thanking you that we can trust you in all things. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Well, I just want to remind you, Brook family, if, if any of you are struggling or know of somebody struggling, please let us know how we can help. Um, I'm, I can speak for Sharon and Elizabeth, and I know myself and the staff as well would be more than willing to connect with you in some way, whether it's via video or on the phone, but please let us know how we can help. And uh, until next time.